the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Well, happy Monday. I'm Jim Stanley in for Brother Bert Harper. And joining me is co-author with Bert Harper and co-host of the program, Dr. Alex McFarland. Alex, earlier today, you and I were texting, and you were yes. texting about some unknown phenomenon that happens twice a year at AFR. And this fall, that phenomenon comes with a special gift. Tell us a little about that. Well, thanks, Jim, and welcome to another week of Exploring the Word. Alex McFarland here, along with my brother, colleague, and friend, Jim Stanley. And we're going to be in Second Thessalonians here in just a, a little bit. If you have a Bible and if you're at a place where you can join with us, turn to Second Thessalonians. But, uh, Jim, share is always special because share is a time where we see God at work. And Sherathon is also very special because it's a way to partner with what God is doing to win souls and to further the, the message of the gospel in our nation and world. And I've always loved being a part of Sherathon, but this is really, really special to me, folks. I'm going to tell you why. Bert Harper and I started writing a book July of last year, 2020. And we began to work on a book that uh, ultimately would be known as the the top 100 questions from the first 10 years of exploring the Word. And these are 100 Bible questions. And we had started uh, working on this book, and I talked to Tim Wildman. This is, you know, late last summer, a year ago. But the one of the premiums, in other, in other words, one of the thank you gifts in share this fall, which is just going to be in a, a matter of about a month and a half, is and that those this dates, book— And those yes. dates, uh, in case you didn't know when they are— 10, 11, yeah. 12 of, uh, pardon me, I'm in August, that's not going to work. Let's try this, 14, 15, 16 will be the dates like for Sherathon. Goodness, hold on. Fake news. I have now got my multifocal glasses and the small print calendar to line up. October 12th, 13th, and 14th official news. And I got the thumbs up from Devin because he was giving up on me. Now, I'm sorry, brother. Go ahead. I, and I've got my calendar. I was reaching. I couldn't quite reach. I've got my daytime, but it is October 12, 13, 14. And I am so, I give God the glory. But after a decade of exploring the word, uh, the book that Bert and I wrote is going to be one of the kind of thank you gifts, shall we say, uh, in Sherathon, isn't it? It is. It yeah. Sure and, is. Uh, so we're very, very excited. The official release date is September 7, uh, and you can find it at bookstores everywhere. But uh, if you will wait till October, you can not only support the ministry and take the gospel by broadcasting, publishing, events. AFA does so many things. To, and I, I often say this, Jim, uh, your support, your prayers, your involvement with American Family Association brings tens of thousands of people either to Christ or back to Christ. One of the exciting things, and Jim, I was in the Fayetteville area this weekend, Rockfish Church, and I want to say to all the, the countless hundreds of people who came to Rockfish over the weekend, we did Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday night, multiple services yesterday, Pastor Tony McVickers and just the dear people in Fayetteville and Cumberland County, Rayford, Fort Bragg, so many wonderful people. But Jim, dozens upon dozens and dozens of people came to meet Angie and me, and they said how they love the American Family Radio Network, and all the great programming helps them and strengthens them. But we want to say we just love the people of our military, and all those people at uh, the 82nd Airborne and Fort Bragg, mm. uh, not only working to protect America, but quite literally keeping the world safe. Uh, our love and gratitude and prayers are with you. Absolutely. And also, as we think about folks to pray for today, I want to remember Eight Days of Hope, who are currently in Waverly, Tennessee, and I'm quite sure they will send an advance team to the Gulf Coast of Louisiana and Mississippi when it becomes safe there. 
for them to move in and uh, eight days of hope.com for more information on that. But we do want to pray for the people along the Gulf Coast of Louisiana and Mississippi as the tidal surge that came along with Ida was pretty significant. And now Ida is making her way, its way across uh, western Mississippi. And as of right now, the track line takes it directly over the city of Tupelo, where where our home studios are. Now, we don't expect to get you know, very damaging storms, uh, maybe a few thunderstorms, because by the time it reaches here, it's going to be tropical depression strength. So that brings more of a, a little wind and, and a good bit of rain. And But I think we should be okay here. To, so I don't want to detract from where the damage actually is. So, Alex, this afternoon, how about we pray for the folks there of the Gulf Coast of Louisiana and Mississippi, the folks of New Orleans again hit hard, and uh, then as it moves up through north-central, northwest Mississippi, it will trek uh, through Slidell and Slidell, Louisiana, uh, Kosciuszko, no, I'm sorry, not Kosciuszko, uh, mm. Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and some of those communities south, of course, Gulfport and Pascagoula have been, and Biloxi have been inundated with rain. And so um, while it was, it came in as a Category 4, it quick, quickly weakened as it moved into the land, which was a very, mm-hmm. very good thing. Praise God. So yeah. would you pray for those folks and for the first-line uh, first folks, front-line folks, first responders who are there uh, making sure that as many people as possible stay safe? Yes, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this uh, time we can begin, Second Thessalonians. And Lord, we do pray for so many needs in our nation. And Lord, Second Thessalonians talks about Jesus Christ, who is our consolation, mm. our hope, and who comforts our hearts. And so, Lord Jesus, we turn to you now and we pray for the people in Louisiana, just um, under all of this... Um, Uh, weather-related damage and power outages in all the states of the Gulf Coast. Lord, I especially do pray for um, Mississippi, and we've got uh, beloved friends all over the state of Mississippi, and of course, the American Family Studios and everything in Tupelo. Father God, in your power, would you guard people and lives and churches and ministries and protect uh, AFA, that the the broadcast signal of the gospel would not ever be interrupted. And so, Lord, just uh, your will be done. And, Lord, you are the, the master of the sea. Lord, you are the one who calms the storm. And we do pray for the, the weather to not do damage. And we pray for, in Tennessee, Lord, eight days of hope. Um, they are such a great ministry on the front line of meeting needs and helping people. And so uh, for these needs and more, and Lord, we do, we do pray for the Afghanistan situation. Mm. Lord, our um, government, um, a lot of people are talking about just problems with um, our foreign policy and national security and just uh, international stability. Lord, for, the, for our world, thy will be done. Yeah. And God, we just want to say thank you so much that in, in all times we can turn to you. You hear our prayers. You meet our needs. You are our Savior and our King. And we pray for everyone listening that as we get into the Word, that your Spirit would be our teacher, and we would be more conformed to the image of Christ as we feed and strengthen ourselves on your Holy Word. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Amen. Amen. Alex, earlier I mentioned that you were co-author with Bert on the book that's coming out. And one of the reasons I made a point of that is because the letter of Second Thessalonians is kind of co-authored as well. Uh, when uh, we yeah. look at chapter 1, verse 1, uh, you know, it talks about the three co-authors of this letter to the church there in Thessalonica. Mm-hmm. And so I find it significant uh, the way that, that this is introduced. Now, it's primarily, you know, from Paul. We understand that. But he doesn't leave his brothers out, does he? He really does, and it says Paul and Sylvanus and Timotheus, Timothy. You know, Timothy is Paul's uh, understudy, and Paul mentored him as a son in the faith. Unto the church of the Thessalonians, in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, 
grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, whenever I read 2 Thessalonians 2 or similar verses, I think of John MacArthur, grace to you, Mm -hmm. because Paul would often start with, we call it the opening salutation, grace to you, grace and peace. And verse 3 has been used in many a many a a greeting card and plaque we're bound to thank god always for you brethren as it is meet or appropriate because that your faith grows exceedingly and the charity of every one of you toward each other abounds so he's uh opening up as as good ministers often do with some compliments and well wishes and it it opens up um on a a heartwarming note Uh, Jim, I love verse 4. I'm going to say this, I'm going to throw to you. Paul says, so that we ourselves, and that's a collective, you know, Paul, Sylvanus, Timothy, but all those, you know, that are part of the larger body of Christ in Jerusalem and Rome, so that we ourselves glory in you, in the churches of God, for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. Jim, you've been in the ministry a while, and so have I. When you meet people that you've invested in and years have gone by and they're still walking with Christ and they're still uh, serving the Lord, uh, doesn't your heart rejoice to know that the people you've invested in it have does. Um, stayed with the stuff? Absolutely. And, and when you read those verses there in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, you know, it, it reminds us, one— that there was not just a singular church in Thessalonica, but that there were several churches there. And so when he says, you know, when with the way that this is addressed, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith and all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. And then in verse 5, he goes on to explain that a bit. But, you know, one of the things that we are taught or that we are supposed to be taught to endure are tribulations. I mean, we mm-hmm. have to remember back to the words of Christ and in the Gospel of John. You know, in this world we will have uh, tribulation, but be of good cheer because He, Christ, has overcome the world. And so, we in America want to say that we're going through tribulations. Mm-hmm. We are. We may be going. I'm sorry, my collar keeps hit, hitting my microphone. I apologize for that. It's all right. I'll figure that out in a moment, but I'll quit moving my head. But one of the things there, we in America, we haven't come to persecution yet. We may be taking some warning shots across the bow. We may be able to see some things because of what's going on of what could happen. But when you want to talk about persecution, you want to think about the Christians in Sudan. Right now, very, very vividly, You want to think about the Christians in Afghanistan. These are people who are choosing to give their lives for the name of Christ. They, you know, because they are not going to bow the knee to another God. And so, Alex, I I don't want to make more out of that than need be. But I I think sometimes we in America are so pampered that we are Mm -hmm. so so used to Christianity being accepted readily in America that we forget the brothers and sisters who are not that far away that are enduring much for Christ. Folks, we'll continue that conversation on Exploring the Word this afternoon. Alex McFarland there. I'm Jim Stanley here, and we'll be back with you in just a moment. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Jim DeHart, U.S. Coordinator for the Arctic Region. His office advances U.S. interest in the Arctic in the areas of safety, security, economic growth, and cooperation among the Arctic states. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10 reminds us of the importance of working together. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Right now with this in mind, let's pray together. Dear God, we ask for guidance for Jim DeHart and his work in the Arctic. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Your prayers are needed for the situation in Afghanistan. 
Free guided prayer points are available now at pausetopray.org. When life gets complicated, where do you go for help sorting things out? Dr. Tony Evans has a suggestion based on Isaiah 9-6 as we spend two minutes with Tony. Now, a counselor is somebody you go to for advice. A counselor is somebody you go to for guidance. A counselor is somebody you go to for direction. A counselor is somebody you go to for clarity. A counselor is somebody you go to discern what your best next step ought to be in some area of your life. Jesus is here to tell you today, if you let him govern you, he will be to you an extraordinary advisor. He will blow your mind. He says, if you let me govern you and you put the weight of your life and your world on my shoulders, I will give you the guidance, the knowledge, the wisdom for directing your life better than you could ever direct it on your own. Most of us have been alive long enough to know that self-counsel sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. But he says, if you will put your life on my shoulders, I will govern you in such a way that I will counsel you in the best possible way for managing your life. Check out the latest edition of our half hour daily program and sign up for Dr. Evans' free weekly email devotional when you visit TonyEvans.org. And be sure to join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 1, 3. American Family Radio. You're listening to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. We want to be careful that we never touch the glory and honor that belongs to the Lord uh, because that's very important and it's also sacred to Him. This is Exploring the Word. I'm Jim Stanley in for Bert Harper. Brother Bert hopes to be back Wednesday, but if not, I'll be with you tomorrow and the next day as well. And mm-hmm. with my great friend and smarter guy, Dr. Alex McFarland, to keep me out of trouble. Oh. Alex, I don't know about that, Jim. <laughs> I know just before the break, we were talking about uh, tribulation there in verse 4 and the per- persecutions and tribulations that the folks in Thessalonica were enduring. Um mm. And, we, and I mentioned briefly the Christians in Sudan and the Christians in Afghanistan. This really is troubling times for them, isn't it? Well, it really is. And, and I'm sure you, you may have heard ministers preach on the word persecution, which can mean like the grinding of wheat. And, and we know tribulations and persecutions can, you know, wear us down. But the wording there in 2 Thessalonians 1, 4, at Paul, you know, commends them and all their perseverance and faith even in the spite of persecutions. And really, Jim, I was looking in a lexicon, the, the persecution there, the word for persecution could mean to hunt down an animal. Now imagine uh, really being hunted down, if not killed for your Christian witness. And, and like you said before the break, Jim, we really, in America, we've been kind of pampered and shielded because Christianity... Uh, in America has has come fairly easy. Oh, you might somebody might be rude to you and say, "Well, Christians are narrow or whatever," but they've not hunted us down like animals. And uh, I, I think, apart from a great Holy Spirit revival, Jim, uh, being vocal about your Christian faith is is going to get um, costly here in America in the the years to come. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, all we have to do here is look to Canada and see that much of Christianity's speech is already considered hate speech. And Mm -hmm. we know of friends of ours in the ministry who they have blocked at the gate of the airport there 
uh, and have not allowed them to to proceed because they were going to have a uh, convention and they were going to speak at the convention and they were going to be considered people of hate. So they weren't going to let them mm-hmm. in. Uh, wow. And and so we see that. And then we see that people here are trying to make things that we say or do a crime. And now it may be a crime punishable by a fine or some imprisonment, but it's not to the point of death yet. And so um, that's why I said we may see the writing on the wall. You know, we may see by what's going on what may take place, but we haven't made it to that point yet. And then in Mm -hmm. verse 5, it says, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. Seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. Um, Alex, that's hard to do, isn't it? You know, you mentioned someone being rude to you. If someone's being rude to you, it's hard to be righteous with a reply. Oh, that's true. That's true. And, you know, really, uh, verses 5 through 9 really go together, folks, because it's interesting. God is righteous, and God judges correctly, righteously. And Paul is saying here, look, um, the persecution and the tribulation you're enduring, it is a righteous thing with God because he is going to recompense tribulation to those who trouble you, really those who tribulate you, (laughs) those who put you in tribulation, they're going to get tribulation. Mm. But to you who are troubled, rest with us. Now remember, Hebrews chapter 4 talks about the believer enters into God's rest. Well, God is going to give deliverance and rest for the persecuted church. Um, Verse 7, for the first time in this book, 2 Thessalonians, it references the Lord's return. The Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that do not know God and those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And what about these people? Verse 9, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. You know, there, there's a lot of interesting stuff about Second Thessalonians. And Second Thessalonians... Um, talks a lot about the second coming of the Lord. By the way, it's interesting. Uh, the 27 New Testament books. Jim, guess how many out of the 27 books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all through Revelation, guess how many of the New Testament books references the second coming of Christ? 23 out of the 27. And That's what Paul, I was going to say. Yeah. No, not yeah. really. <laughs> uh, you know... Well, I, I will tell you, a, a big part of Second Thessalonians, we're going to see it repeatedly, is the second coming of the Lord. And I guess this is a comfort and a, a reassurance for those that are being persecuted that God is righteous. He knows how to take care of his children. He knows how to judge and avenge against those that have persecuted the church. And... Uh, you know, I'm not saying this journey is always easy, but we know it is in the hand of the God who judges rightly. Amen. Uh, you know, it may not always be an easy way, but I, I like what uh, Paul and, and Timothy and Sylvanus say here. You know, it says when uh, they're, um, you, in verse 7, to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. You know, because at that point, the ba- you know, we say this as Christians, and I, I think a majority of us believe this, but we're not at that comfort level where we can take rest in this. Because when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in the verse 9, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and they that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction, from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex, and I'm sure you you have chapter and verse for this, but, you know, we talk about the battle is not ours, but the battle belongs to the Lord. And I think this pa- paints a really great word picture at that, knowing that we fight for the Lord here in this present day. We want to folks to know him 
as Savior to come to know him as Lord. But the ultimate battle isn't handled by us, is it? No, that's true. That That's true. And, um, you know, in Old and New Testaments, in Second Chronicles 2015, it says, Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but the Lord's. And, and that that's true. Maybe, and Jim, I've, I've talked with a lot of people that have been persecuted in the workplace. And again, so far in America, about the worst of the persecution might be, you know, getting an icy stare from a neighbor or something like that. And, and I pray, I pray that for the sake of, of the remnant of believers, and I pray for the, the ease of being able to share the gospel, that the Lord might spare us from persecution. I mean, life or death persecution. But throughout 2,000 years of church history, um, it, it has come, and God's church still has persevered, mm-hmm. and we can today. Verse uh, 10 through 12, Jesus is going to come. Now, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Wherefore, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Jim... Permission requested to chase a rabbit. May I do that? Absolutely, my brother. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, and everybody's saying, yeah, because he doesn't do that every day. Uh, <laughs> no, he uh, doesn't ask permission every day. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, over and over, we see uh, the reference of Jesus's glory. Now, he's going to come in power and glory, right? And uh, Paul says, we're praying for you that... Um, he would come, and you would share in that glory. And he's, he's coming in uh, faith with power. Now, I was reading Romans eight twenty eight last week, very well-known verse. We know that all things work together for the good to those that love God and are the called according to his purpose. And I noticed in the Greek, and I talked about this last week, but it really says according to purpose. In other words, God's purpose it doesn't even really, in the original Greek, say his purpose. It's just purpose. The purpose of history is to culminate in the return of Christ, and it will happen. Christ will return. He will be glorified. You and I, in giving him the glory, we share in his glory. And so the greatest thing we could ever do, and I know we all have our agenda, we have our plans of all that we want to do in this life, But the greatest thing we could ever do is live for his glory. And in that, we too, we're going to have a glorified body. We'll return, share in that glory with Christ. And the only thing that really has permanence and uh, a guarantee is Christ's return, his plan, and his, his word and his will. So the wisest thing we can ever do is amend our life to God's truth, because it's the only sure thing in this fallen world. Amen. Good words, Alex. Um, you know, that brings us to the end of chapter one of first, uh, pardon me, second Thessalonians. So what do you think about us going ahead and opening up the phone lines? Marty's here and he's just banging the window, wanting Let's to take phone it. calls. And uh, we'll, there's only three chapters in second Thessalonians, so we're, we're going to make it last. You know what? You and I may finish this up by Wednesday, which is odd for us because you and I usually only hit half a chapter a day. I know, and I'm the one who talks way too much, and I slow us down. I don't know about that. I think that's a co-jointly shared thing. 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840, and we'll begin to take your Bible questions. Uh, Now, folks, I I do want to say just a couple of things here. We want to talk about the things that unite us and not those things that divide us. And and sometimes when we get into the second coming, people want to make their position on the rapture known. Folks, one thing's for sure, the rapture and the second coming of Jesus Christ are going to happen. We may not know when, we may not know how, but we do know that Christ is coming again. 
And so let's not fuss about that this afternoon. Let's not say that someone else is right and someone else is wrong. You know, pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, you know, whatever your position is. Post-toasties. Post-toasties, that's right. Let's have, <laughs> let's have a, a, an agreement today that we won't debate that. But if you have Bible questions, it doesn't have to be on Second Thessalonians. It can be on the Bible itself. And uh, we'll be happy to take those at 888-589-8840. And we appreciate you doing that today. And, and again, be remindful or mindful, if you would, to pray for those along the Gulf Coast of Louisiana, Mississippi, and parts of Alabama, as well as central Mississippi as Ida moves through. And then it, it, as it moves into Tennessee, that the folks there who have already been inundated will be spared. Uh, we're just about ready for the phones, Alex. Uh, did right. you have any closing comments before we move along? Hey, well, before we get to the phones, I do want to remind everybody that people are signing up for Truth for a New Generation. That's going to be October 15 through 17 in Myrtle Beach. Frank Turek will be here, Sandy Rios, Bishop E.W. Jackson, myself. A very special message from Miki Addison. And Jim, just in the last week, we had people signed up from about seven states. And in one week, now it's people signed up from 14 states. So, look, we're going to be talking about a biblical response to critical race theory and woke culture, standing strong and ministering. It's for all ages, ministering in this time of cultural challenge. So come to Truth for a New Generation, the Biblical Worldview Conference, October 15 through 17, and you can get full information at my website, which is alexmcfarland.com. Amen. All right, let's go to Andrew in Iowa. Andrew, welcome to Exploring the Word. Hello. Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. You're on the air. Okay, great. Say, um, we're doing a Bible study here on Second Thessalonians, and I don't know how you guys just decided to do the same thing as my small Bible study, but you did. Uh, we thought of you. Question. Yeah, okay. I got like two, it's a two-part question, really, that came up from the Holy Spirit in our Bible study last night. When people are forgiven much, in the Bible, is there a correlation, a swing, to where if you're forgiven much, that your spiritual walk might go deeper if you're saved? Repeat that. I, I think there, there's the potential for that because of gratitude. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, we were talking about what we talked about is the woman that washed Jesus' feet, Mary Magdalene, with her tears and, and her hair. Okay, yeah. so then the, the second part of my question, then piggybacking on that, the person that wasn't so far away, the person that was not in jail, maybe didn't do drugs, maybe didn't, you know, wreck everybody's life that they knew, that person that was considered good, are they forgiven less than the person that was forgiven more? Uh, great question. Let, let me chime in on this for a minute, Jim. Um, you know, uh, we're all saved by what Christ did on the cross. We put our faith in Jesus, and, and what he did on the cross is called the atonement. And he paid for our sins, but the word atonement really means the turning away of wrath. And, um, well, I hear that break. Yep. So, in a sense, salvation is the same for everybody. But let's talk about this more after the break, may we? Absolutely. Folks, this is Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Your calls at 888-589-8840. When you hear this, this is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. Jesus Christ didn't just die for us to live in eternity with his Father. He died so that we would have an abundant life on this earth as well. And we seem to not be grabbing that in some way. And I think one of the reasons is because we just think, well, salvation is it. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for a special message from the series, A Life Beyond Amazing, next time on Turning Point. 
5.30 a.m. and 7 p.m. Central on American Family Radio. The borrower is the slave of the lender. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Prior to the passage of the Federal Reserve Act of 1913, over 80% of American families were debt-free. Today, however, over 80% of the American people are saddled with debt. I was asked recently what advice I could offer in the midst of the national tension we currently face. One of the things I said in response was to work toward getting completely out of debt. So much fruitfulness and faithfulness to God has been robbed from us due to the impact of crushing debt. One of the best things you can do for your family right now is to become debt-free. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III, Public Policy Analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. In Matthew 7, verse 17, Jesus said, Every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. My dad can tell by the leaf of about any tree what kind of tree it is. Me, I usually don't have a clue unless a tree has fruit hanging on it. If apples are hanging on a tree, it's for sure an apple tree. Apples are the evidence. Here's the question. Are you a fruit bearer? Is there evidence in your life that you've been saved? If there's no fruit, or if your fruit is bad, continual sin characterizes your life, then Jesus says you aren't saved. But you can be saved today. If you turn from your sin and call on the name of Jesus to save you, He will give you a brand new life that bears fruit for Him. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. What will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now? I know you're able and I know you can Save through the fire with your mighty hand But even if you don't My hope is you alone Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Jim Stanley, Alex McFarland here, the American Family Radio Network. We're so glad that you're listening. The number for Bible questions, we would love for you to call in. It's 888 888- 589-8840. You can also listen to this and other archived programs at AFR.net. Uh, Jim, before the break, uh, the caller was asking the question about those that are forgiven, um, quote-unquote, little, and those that are forgiven much. And, um, you know, I can understand if a person has really, you know, been far, far, far from the Lord, and that they're cognizant of how God really did rescue them from their own sins. There's the potential for greater gratitude. But um, in terms of the price that was paid to redeem us, and, and let's say somebody's a good citizen and just a good person, but they still they needed to be born again, and then you've got somebody that, from our vantage point, we say, oh, they're really bad, you know, a bank robber, murderer, in jail. Oh, they, they needed a whole lot more of the, the blood of Jesus on Calvary. Uh, I think that we need to look at salvation not so much from the human side of the ledger, but from God's side. God showed his grace because, see, there's the sinful deeds that we've done, but then there's the guilt of Adam that we all inherit. And sometimes Bert and I say, you know, we're, we're sinners by birth and we're sinners by choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we quantify oh, well, this person's a quote-unquote worse sinner than this one. But salvation is all about the grace of God, and uh, only God knows how much uh, grace each of us uh, deserve or respond to. The fact is we really don't deserve any. That's why it's grace. But um, the fact that any of us could be saved, even think of the best person you could think. Think of Billy Graham or somebody that's... We hold him up as a, a, an exemplar. Uh, but even the best of us were guilty sinners needing the mercy of a holy God. And I, I think that um, 
God's grace to any of us is just immeasurably merciful. Amen. You know, I, I think it hit me a little different, and I may have I may have misunderstood the question a bit. But one of the things I thought about was the parable uh, there in Matthew, the twentieth chapter, with the workers, you know, who started at daybreak, and then the workers who were hired midday, and the workers who were hired at the mid at the end of the day. And there in uh, verse four, uh, pardon me, thirteen. Uh, because there was mummering and complaining among the workers about how the pay was broken down. Uh, but the owner said, answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first, and the first shall be last. For many are called, but few are chosen. You know, Alex, I, I think to me, and, I, and again, I apologize if I misunderstood that any, but it's one mm. of those things that salvation belongs to the Lord. Why? Because he paid for it with his blood at Calvary. And as you said, Alex, it is absolute grace that allows us for our souls to be cleansed of sin and for us mm-hmm. to be regenerated by the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, Andrew, I, I think between the two of those there, that I hope that helps. And uh, we appreciate the question this afternoon. I certainly think that, that it was a good one, and I think it's one that we needed to bear in mind. Let's talk to Melissa now calling from Texas. Melissa, welcome to Exploring the Word. Hi, Melissa. Hi. You're on the air. Hello? Yes, sir. Um, I was just wondering, my eyesight's going, and if I, I don't have the uh, ability for the Internet, do you have any suggestions of a CD program um, in relationship to the Bible that refers to it in detail like y'all do? You know, mm-hmm. Alex, that's, that's one of the – because we've all become so dependent upon our smartphones that – most of us have apps that will, you know, that have the ability to read the Bible to us. And mm-hmm. so that would be one way. And I think a Bible gateway and then, um, what is it? Go Bible, go dot Bible. Uh, uh, yeah. And did, did I hear her say she didn't have access to the internet? Yeah. And that's why, that's why, uh, you know, I, um, I was so thrown, uh, I, I have, there are some resources that are still available by CD, but in all honesty, I'm not sure which to recommend. Do you know, Jim, when I was working for Dr. Dobson, so this was over a decade ago, but we were asked to look at this um, product called the Dramatized Bible. Oh, by Max McLean? Yes. Do you remember that? I do. We used to use that on AFR. I was very impressed with that. Now, it wasn't so much commentary like we do, although there was a little little bit of comment here and there, but there was some narration and some sound effects, and I was I was blessed, and I got that from my mother. She, uh, there near the end of her life, couldn't really see to read, and I, I'm sure it still must be available, the Dramatized Bible. You remember, Jim? I do. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, because I did think of Max McLean, and in fact, he is one of the ones on the Bible Gateway uh, app that's available for the phone. Uh, give me one second, and I'll see if I can. And, and let me just say this. I love to encourage people to support their local Christian bookstore. And if, if you have access to a Bible bookstore or a Christian bookstore, I can promise you, uh, I, and I helped run a Christian bookstore for about nine years, but they would be happy to get you mm-hmm. a Bible on CD. I'm sure they can. Don't now, you think, Jim? Absolutely. Now, this particular one featuring Max McLean is the New International Version, and you can either order it from Amazon, uh, but since you don't have access to the Internet, you probably, as Alex mentioned, want to go to your local bookstore and see if they can order it for you. It's simply called the Listener's Bible. And, you know, there were, back in the day, several years, well, probably a decade ago, that um, I had the uh, opportunity to talk and chat with Max some, and he's just a down-to-earth guy, but you can certainly Mm -hmm. understand the reading, and it's just an excellent audio Bible. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thanks Thanks for making me do some research there. I appreciate that. 
There we go. There we go. It's 888-589-8840. We would love to hear from you on uh, Exploring the Word. All right. We're going to talk to Janet calling from North Carolina. Janet, good afternoon. You're on the air. Good afternoon. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I just want to let you know I appreciate so much your ministry on the radio. Um, It helps, you know, I drive a job anyway, and I love listening in the evening. I like being fed, and you guys Mm -hmm. do that. Bless you. But my question was, um, the five, the ten virgins in the parable, and the their oil and they kept their lamps lit and everything. What does the oil represent? Well, uh, let, let me jump in here, and Jim, you comment. Um, this is in Matthew twenty-five. Um, a lot has been speculated on this, and you know, um, there were those who said, "Well, we don't have oil in our lamps, so so we better go and get some." And while they were gone, the bridegroom arrived, and the virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet. Um, on the one hand, this is a story they would have related to the listeners that you know it's after dark, it's nighttime, and to need a light but not have it in general just shows unpreparedness. But um, very, very, very often in the Word of God, oil represents the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit was in the wise virgins because they were believers and they were saved. And when the bridegroom arrived representing Jesus, um, they were ready. Now, imagine those who don't have the oil or light, L-I-G-H-T. The Holy Spirit is not in them because they're not saved. And I want to say this, um, once a person dies, if they don't have Christ, there's no way to get salvation. Or if the trumpet sounds and Christ returns, you can't say, oh, time out, wait while I go uh, track down a Bible, read through the Gospel of John, figure out how to get saved, and give me, I'll be back in a half hour. You know, the unwise versions who it's, see, af- after dark, there's nowhere to go and buy oil. The stores mm-hmm. aren't open anymore. And so the the larger context of the Matthew 25 parable is saved and lost. I think oil, if we really want to press this parable to its technical minutia, oil represents the indwelling Holy Spirit. Uh, oil brings light. The Holy Spirit is the enlightenment of our soul because we've trusted Jesus. We're born again versus those without oil weren't born again. What do you say, Jim? I absolutely agree. Uh, this is, and you know, the, the way you phrase that, that oil is not available after dark. Yeah, Salvation is not something you can get through Amazon.com. It's not something you can get at a superstore 24 hours a day. Um, it's not anything that you can get from a church necessarily on 24 hours a day. But now um, it is something that you can find through Christ 24 hours a day. I want to be clear about that. Uh, And so, as you mentioned, after dark, it's too late. And so we need to be about finding Christ and finding Christ now. Janet, I Mm -hmm. hope that helps. Thanks for your call this afternoon. We're going to talk to Rusty calling from Arkansas. Rusty, welcome to Exploring the Word. Oh, hello. Um, I'd like to help that one lady who um, is looking for um, a Bible reading thing that she can get. Uh, I'm totally blind, and uh, you can get this one Bible thing um, if she has a uh, digital recorder or digital machine, one of those um, cartridges. And uh, this place is uh, actually, the phone number to it is Oh, Rusty, uh, I'll tell you what, how about we take that information down and um, because we don't want to give out the, the number of the place over the year because if it's a for-profit company, that could get us in trouble. Does that make sense mm-hmm. to you? Okay, but this uh, is actually free matter for the blind. Well, I understand, sir, but I'm going to – so it's, it's uh, free matter for the blind? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. And um, you can call this number, and it is, uh, what is it? Um, it's 417 831 1964. 
And if you have one of those digital cartridges, they're very easy to work. You can go to your um, library for the blind and uh, they'll give you one free. Okay. Thank you, Rusty. Give us that number one more time. It is eight, I mean, 417-831-1964. And you can ask for any version of the Bible you want. King James, Message, uh, Living Translation, anything. Okay, thanks, Rusty. Man, appreciate that. I know we have some other listeners out there that may be looking for the same thing. Let's talk to Jeff now, calling from Arkansas. Jeff, good afternoon, and welcome to Exploring the Word. Hi, Jeff. Uh, are you talking to me? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, my question is, in Genesis 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form. Can you explain that to me, and I'll hang up and listen. All right, Alex, Great I know question. that you and the folks at um, Answers in Genesis have done some stuff together. I'm going to let you take that one. Well, yeah, uh, it was unfinished. It literally means unfinished. Now, the word there for without, this is Genesis 1, 2, it, it means either unfinished, empty. It, it could mean desolate. Uh, the uh, It's a, a Hebrew word tohu, T T O H U, but um, it really means the earth. Earth was unfinished. Now, don't take that to mean evolution, uh, that it was finished through evolution. I, I don't believe that at all. But then we go on to to read in Genesis one three and following how God worked to put the animals and the plants and the mm-hmm. marine life, and ultimately on the sixth day would create human beings. But it, it just meant desolate and unfinished at that point. And I certainly don't mean to make light of this. And so, but basically what you have, uh, you know, with, with, with what Alex said there, and since it always comes back to food to me, I think about it being an empty pie shell or an empty pie plate that you have to put the shell in, and then you begin to put the ingredients in, and then you put the topping on it. And so... Uh, it's one of those things that God is a craftsman. And so mm-hmm. when he said, uh, when the word said unfinished, it didn't mean unthought of. It didn't mean unplanned for. It just simply meant that he was starting. And he was starting so that man could not claim, even though they try, that life was evolved or that this was a big bang. You know, uh, I've always measured that with it, it was a big bang. God said bang, and there it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 we know who the banger was. That's right. We absolutely do. Hey, Alex, thanks for letting me hang out with you today. I believe that we should do it again about 305 Central tomorrow when we and pick up. And we're going to pick up at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Amen. We will. All right, folks, that's it for this afternoon. Jim Stanley in with Dr. Alex McFarland. Uh, be in prayer for Brother Bird. He has a little bit of a physical challenge going on. But we know, and and please understand, he's not unwell. He doesn't have COVID. It's none of that. It's just a simple thing. So keep him and Jan in prayers uh, because we all know what a great patient we each make when it's our turn. So (laughs) keep that in mind. Have a great afternoon. Stick around. Uh, Let's see. Washington Watch comes your way next right after news here on AFR.